previously on Dry Powder. The percentage of people who resumed work was as high as about 90%. Kiki Yang, co-head of Bain's private equity practice in the Asia-Pacific region, talked a lot about China beginning to reopen to some sense of normalcy. Today on the show, Kiki and I will discuss the investment environment in China and what themes might apply to Western Europe or the U.S. or other markets as they emerge from the other side of the COVID-19 curve. If you think about the dry powder that uh, we have in this part of the world, there's actually still quite a lot of capital that people wanted to put to work. I'm Hugh MacArthur, head of Bain's global private equity practice, and this is Dry Powder. So, Kiki, how would you characterize the investment environment in China? Is it improving? Is it flat? Is it negative? What are we seeing from clients? We've looked at, of course, how the market was impacted back in the global financial crisis back in 2009. Not surprisingly, when we looked at the first quarter um, transaction deal value and the volume data for China on a value basis, especially, it was down about 55% versus last year. Um, and the volume was only slightly down. That's because a lot of venture capital um, activities were happening in February and, and March. But I think as the restriction of being lifted, we have seen various funds becoming quite active. And I think um, when we talk about the different sectors, there are a lot of opportunities, whether to look at a cycle play or the new emerged trends. Um, so there's no shortage of opportunities and no shortage of capital uh, for, people, for people to invest. We've talked a lot about folks emerging uh, from the lockdown, people going back to work, finding new and different ways to consume things. We've heard a lot about the new normal, but what about what I'll call the old normal? Do you see old consumer habits suddenly coming back now that this three month or so period is starting to come to a conclusion? Yes. To give some examples, when we looked at actually digital entertainment, people spend um, before the crisis about 3.6 hours per day. During the lockdown, it was 5.2 hours. And then coming out of it, uh, average now is about 3.9. So a lot of people actually did reduce gaming time or the video time, which means that as people are going back to work or going back to school, they are not actually spending more than what they used to uh, on some of these platforms. So there's not as much time for watching movies, gaming, and TikTok as there used to be during the lockdown. People actually have to go back to work. The answer might be uh, very different depending on the age group, the population as a whole. The longer video services actually did not benefit. The short videos like the TikTok of the world, those actually um, went up by 30% during the lockdown period. And now across different platforms, we saw about 10% more um, time spent on them. So there's some um, interesting differences about the format of delivery as well when it comes to online entertainment. Okay, so we've got a, a mix of a lot of different things. So not all new behaviors are going to be adopted as part of the new normal. Are there sectors yeah. of China's economy that we could see a spike in of pent-up demand that's been unable to be resolved during the lockdown? Yeah, we have seen quite a bit of what we call revenge purchase coming out of uh, the lockdown period. Amazingly, for cosmetics, especially for skincare, we thought when you're wearing masks, you probably wouldn't purchase as much, but the data actually proved us wrong. And, and the March was a very strong for uh, for skincare uh, products. And, and then even on a year-on-year basis, actually online sales was much higher than last year. So people still want to look good even beneath the mask, I guess, is the moral yes. of that story. Are there yes. other categories where you've noticed uh, this type of behavior, consumer durables or anything else where we've seen potentially delayed purchases? 
Yeah, I mean, durables. I think when you have a, a bigger ticket purchase, definitely people are going to be more more cautious, or they would actually delay that uh, decision. I mean, even for some of the FMCG categories, uh, we haven't seen as much of a rebound for apparel, which is really interesting because we usually we talk about cosmetics and apparel more or less as a similar category. But you know, when people had a choice, apparently, cosmetics products are more important than what you wear. Um, or you just have less opportunity to go out. Maybe that's why you, you don't really need to purchase that much. So for some new trends that are emerging, you think there's enough confidence that private equity investors may be investing behind those to help accelerate them even further and that there is confidence from potentially some better pricing environment that from some of the quote unquote old ways of working in economy that will rebound as the as the world recovers, people are willing to be aggressive and looking at those types of assets as well. Yes. So we have had a lot of conversations about what we call the benefiting segments, right? So the ones that spiked in the short term and uh, potentially have a growth momentum in the longer term as well. A lot of things has to do with healthcare, especially digital healthcare um, sectors. And then I think uh, some of these sectors that are coming out of the cycle, as I mentioned, uh, potentially could still um, have very strong rebounds. So those are also some of the sectors people are very interested. Um, there, there are also uh, quite a lot of conversation talking about um, the potential disposable income impact and how um, there could be potential consumer trading downtrends. So there's another theme that some of the investors are looking at as well. And do you see some themes as you look out globally and we see what we're learning in China and try to think about how that might apply to Western Europe or the U.S. or other markets? Are there are there divergences in consumer behavior or other conclusions people are drawing as well that are not consistent with the Chinese experience? Yeah, I think um, you, you know this, right? So we, we've talked about the six archetypes of how the various industries are being hit in the near term and the longer term. But I think the sort of specific sectors could differ depending on which part of the world you are in. One example was our colleague in Europe talked about the traditional grocery retailers being hit in the crisis and could potentially uh, suffer for longer term. Whereas I think if you look at China, even some of the regional grocery retailers really benefited actually in the lockdown because some of the government measures were so strict that essentially consumers resort to wherever is the closest they can get. I would say those are very different um, things. As we talk to our European colleagues, one of the things we've learned about grocery in Europe is that they're really widely varying formats. Uh, For example, the hypermarkets, uh, which were very efficient and very popular for years, may be at threat now because it takes such a long period of time to go into a giant supermarket and shop. And a lot of European consumers have found that simply being able to order online is much faster and easier, and they don't want to spend all the time driving to the hypermarket and then spending an hour wandering up and down endless aisles trying to pick out their groceries. And I can add to that the fact that uh, the hypermarkets in China in general saw about you know 20% growth with uh, you know 10% of that is coming from traffic and then a lot of um, the rest are coming from of course higher basket size and even coming out of it we have seen anywhere uh, 5 to 10% year on year growth in March for some of the leading players so i think that's that's quite different yeah that is very different but I think some of the longer term sectors that are benefiting could be similar. So we have seen similar trends across different continents for digital healthcare, for vertical e-commerce. I think those things are probably going to be consistent uh, across different uh, geographies. 
you know, it, it's terrific to hear that in a time of such human suffering and, and such an unbelievable period of disruption uh, in the world that there are some green shoots and there are some strong indicators that we're all going to come out of this and the world we'll go into will be quite different in some ways, but that we will come through this and, and relatively soon from what I'm hearing in China. Yes, yes. Well, Kiki, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. If you don't want to miss future episodes of Dry Powder, subscribe today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you may listen. I'm Hugh MacArthur. Thank you for listening. <laughs>